so in this episode we're kind of gonna really introduce uh, the new the new dynamic of the show and oh yeah get a little bit of sports get a little bit of uh television a little bit of movies in here and kind of really cool. go on a strategy so uh we just had the first week of nfl you know football um any highlights from you uh from watching i know we're in the carolinas so probably watch the panthers game but anything else that stuck uh stuck uh, out to you um i mean I, I think for me i saw more uh personal for low lights <laughs> than highlights. Yes. Um, but, no, but I mean, there there were some you know there were some good games or some really entertaining games. Obviously, you had like the um, the Packers game, which I mean, you know, coming back from twenty behind. Wow. You know, I, I mean, I mean, leave, you know, leave it to Aaron Rodgers. You know, that's kind of his you know mo. But mm-hmm. um, I I thought that was really entertaining. I actually thought that the um, I mean the Panthers did well. Um, I thought that actually Dallas was going to put up a little bit more of a fight, um, but you know that was that wasn't bad. Um, I think one of the the shockers for me is I think um, Baltimore looked good, but I think Buffalo made Baltimore look even better. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> definitely the truth right like, there. That was crazy. I mean, Baltimore's a, a solid program, you know, but like I just I mean. Buffalo, I don't think, I think it was the second quarter, a good deal into it before they even got the uh, first down. I mean, it yeah. was just, it was bad. The The Bills um, are the new Browns, and oh, yeah. basically, and so they're, they're, they're a work in progress. Yeah. Um, but speaking of the Browns, um, I'm obviously, you know, a Steelers fan, being from the Ohio Valley and whatnot, and mm-hmm. that was, oh, well, obviously it was an embarrassing game in the first place but man that that was a a weird weird game let's just say it this way god wanted the browns to try to win he did everything possible (laughs) there was 40 mile per hour winds there was heavy rain throughout the game you know that was off and on typical Um, cleveland yeah that that caused ben roethlisberger who normally does not turn the ball over to fumble three times and two interceptions so that Cleveland could stay in that game. I mean, Cleveland's you know, good, but to, to, you can tell that there was a higher being involved in this game and did well, everything so, possible. Well, I mean, there's, I think there's a couple things going on. So, first of all, with that game, um, Cleveland is definitely a work in progress. And I, and I honestly think they'll be – I think they'll get maybe six or so wins this season personally. I think so personally. too, yeah. Oh, definitely. That defense um, so, is, is good. So, yeah, so their defense is very good. Um, and people kept talking about their offense and, he, and here's the thing. Their offense actually is, is not good. Pittsburgh made their offense look good because I mean, if you think about every time they scored, it was off of a turnover from Pittsburgh. Right. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, I, I want to say, um, their quarterback went, Ty I, Rod Taylor. Some, yeah, Taylor went, I think it was like six for, I, I could be wrong with this stat, but I swear it was like six for like. 17 or something like that yeah um so i mean the thing was you know there were the three interceptions and fumbled and i mean they they you know took advantage of of that um and i think another thing that plays into it goes back to the whole you know the idea of and debate about preseason games right so like once again, should you take preseason games seriously? Should you start every, whatever, right? Because I know they obviously care about injuries. Right. But then at the same time, you sit someone like Ben, and he comes in a little rusty. Yeah, I <laughs> to mean, to say the least, you so, know. You know, it's tough for. Uh, this was definitely supposed to be like a run type of game right here, because if you have forty mile per hour winds and the ball's wet from right, running, your quarterbacks aren't going to be that good. Um, sure. And it was just a matter of who's had a better run game. And the fact that the Steelers did not have Le'Veon Bell because he's protesting his, his salary. Get out know, of here with that. And so he's sitting out. So now they have to go to an unproven running back. So that hurts the Steelers. The Steelers have three running backs of Carlos Hyde, um, Duke Johnson Jr., and then rookie Nick Chubb, who didn't even get in the game. But they couldn't not like Duke Johnson or Carlos Hyde couldn't get anything going. So it's kind of right. like one of those things where it, it was just about field position and and God wanting the the Browns to win, but just couldn't get <laughs> it. Know, so a tie is good enough. You know, and I tell you what. So the thing is, though, um, you know, the Le'Veon Bell thing. You'd be surprised. A lot of obviously the Pittsburgh players 
as well as fans are just like over it. You know, I think it'd be oh, different yeah. if you didn't. I think it'd be different if you didn't pull this crap last year. But like my thing is this. So, I, you know, and I could be wrong because I'm a teacher. So, you know, we don't make any money. But the thing is, he's guaranteed, what, $14 million with a franchise tag? Right. So is another six or so million, like what, what does that do? Like, it, like, it, does that make a difference? Is there a huge difference between 14 million and 20? Like, I don't know. I just, I can't wrap my mind around that. But like, you know, like his, his freaking line even said, like, you know, the three of us set everything up for you and combined don't make what you make. Right. And then realistically, James Conner played very well. He had over a hundred yards, you know, um, and I honestly think, you know, I think the thing that kind of pissed me off after the game too is that right after the game, Le'Veon Bell tweeted the, you know, the emoji with like the, the uh, uh, monocle kind of like, oh, like thinking and like, let's look into this sort of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas I tell you what, if, if let's say Pittsburgh won 21 to seven when they, how it was looking there for a little bit, right? I think Le'Veon Bell would have reported within the week because at that point in time, with how James Conner was playing, um, it, he looked, Le'Veon looked kind of disposable at that point in time. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. If, if James Conner had uh, continued the momentum he had after the first quarter and racked up, you know, close to 200 yards, you, you definitely would have seen Le'Veon and, or some sort of type of response right. from Le'Veon Bell. I, I think it's more of a financial issue. I, so yeah. by him not playing week one, he forfeited eight hundred and seventy-five thousand right. um, dollars. You can only forfeit that much as a human being. You can only walk away from that much. You know, there, right. that that's an insane amount of money that for him to be walking away. Where you have the opposite end of Des Bryant, who's holding out for a bigger contract, but is isn't signed by anybody, and basically on Twitter you know, talking trash about the, the Cowboys while they they lost yeah. to the Panthers. And that doesn't help him try to get a contract because now right. any any potential suitor is going to look at that and be like, wow, you're a cancer. If you're talking trash about your former team like this. Right. So I don't think Why do we anyone's, want you in here? Yeah, I don't think anyone's doing themselves favor between Le'Veon and, and Des Bryant. Well, you know, it kind of – well, it, I just – you know, I'm I'm not the type of, per, type of person. I don't like the whole, like, diva mentality, Right. right? And I, I just, I never have, I've just always, you know, liked the guys who just like put their head down and work hard sort of thing. And you know, it reminds me of kind of Martavius Bryant when he played for the Steelers, right? Because right. Martavius Bryant, here he was, you know, failed a drug test, so it was his own doing, and then came back and thought he should be starting over Antonio Brown and Juju. Right. Which, and, and then, so what happens, they end up trading him to um, the Raiders, and then he failed another drug test. And it's he like, got cut. cut and then he got cut, right? Yep. It's like, come on, like what? Like, I don't know. I just, um, you, you know, I just, I, I don't like that mentality, and I think that takes away from sports in general. But right. you know, unfortunately, that's kind of the nature of the beast right now. Um, another, but yeah, you know, I thought. Go ahead. Uh, another interesting thing with this kind of story, and then we can we can go is that you gotta you have to wonder how much longer the Steelers are going to hold on to this with Le'Veon Bell because as a as a franchise, you don't want to fracture your team right. by waiting on this individual player, player because what does that tell you about your team, you know? And yep. if you continue to hold out, like, you know, hold this this contract out for them because there's been other teams that have rescinded their franchise tag and let them just become free right. agents. Yeah. For, uh, for, for example, uh, Josh Norman with the Carolina Panthers, the same situation. He was offered the franchise tag. He didn't accept it initially, waited about two weeks and then was going to accept it. But then at that point, David Gettleman, who was the GM at the time had withdrawn it and saying, no, we're not going to do this anymore. And then he goes off right. and becomes a free agent and, you know, it does well at Washington, but you got to wonder, are the Steelers going to be going that route soon enough? Because you can't, you know, put an individual over the team if you want to succeed, especially the way that the NFL is lining up right now. The Steelers do have somewhat of a shot in the AFC, you know, to, to come out on Well, top. And, I, and I think with that, too, you have, you know, the, the there's already a bunch of discord in the team anyways because of this you know like i said he pulled this crap last year right so he's doing it again and the thing with Le'Veon, so like if it's about money that's fine but like you know he's if he becomes a free agent 
you know, there's only a few teams that may have the salary space for him where he could really do anything. You know what right. I mean? Like mm-hmm. if it really, if it really was about winning a Super Bowl, which he said in the past, it has been and whatnot. Um, you know, there's not a lot of options right there for him. So, you know, I mean, someone would obviously pick him up, but I, I don't know. It's just like I said, it, um, I don't know. It just takes away. It, I, it just takes away from the game. Exactly. No, I agree with you on that. Um, hey, what was the the longest game you ever played in? The longest game I ever played yeah. in. Are you? Um, was it seven hours and thirty eight minutes? No, absolutely not. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine that. That's how long the Dolphins and Titans played. Well, they didn't play the total of seven hours. Because there was their delay, right? Yeah, two weather delays. That's and crazy. Everything you could think of happened in this game. So you had two weather delays. You had two kickoff returns, from one from each opposing team. You had, right. unfortunately, Delaney Walker, who's been a pro, what, 13 years in the NFL. Yeah. He had, it looked like he, he uh, completely snapped his, his ankle. Um, oh, yeah. in the fourth quarter and stuff and so that took time away from the game the, the, it was it's the longest game by time in nfl history was to kick off the the beginning of the nfl season between the, the dolphins and the titans <laughs> well and here's the thing that's tough about that too i think anybody who's ever played any sort of sport before knows like when you have breaks like that too mm-hmm. it's really hard to motivate yourself and pump yourself oh, back yeah. up over and over again yeah. like you have that initial you know adrenaline going and then you sit you know and then you get back up and then you sit it's just it's hard to really kind of get refocused and, and go back out there right yeah it was i actually watched the majority of the game when it kept on coming back on and it looked like the titans had such like such the motivation and they had all the everything going for them um the momentum in in the first part before the first weather storm came then this then when they came back through it seemed like the dolphins you know took the momentum and right. then you could tell there was just so many bad mistakes on both sides that it you know um ended up being that Marcus Mariota got hurt the quarterback yeah. for the Titans and so then Blaine Gabbert the backup came in he threw a pick pick six or close to a pick you know to the five yard line um, Ryan Tannehill, you know, looked great at the beginning, but then at the end, you could just tell that he was off a little bit, you know, with his receivers. And to me, I was thinking, you know, there's got to be a cap on when you call a game. You can't right. have, for the safety of players, you can't have them coming in and out like that many times because, you know, you have to go through warmups and you have to stretch again. You got to get your men, you know, ment- mentally, you know, into the game again. So I thought for sure they were going to call it after the second. Uh, you know, second weather delay, and it was in the third quarter and stuff. Yeah, was still oh, yeah. I was, I, I was shocked that they kept it going. Yeah, I was too. That, um, but I mean, I, I think. So, do you think it would have made a difference if it wasn't week one? Yes, if it was. Yeah. I, I think if we're like in week eight, week nine, NFL yeah. would have would have called it. You know, after the second when the second weather delay hit. Right. So, and then, you, like you said uh, earlier, you had Aaron Rodgers become Superman um, <coughs> oh, last yeah. night. You know, um, that was crazy. I, I watched it. I was watching that game and I was about to turn it off and go to bed. And I was like, let me just see what happens at the, you know, the first drive of halftime. And Aaron Rodgers comes out hobbling on one leg. And what was it? The, or it's the, he's tied with his greatest comeback ever down 20 oh, yeah. points and stuff. Unbelievable. That's crazy. Yeah. That is just insane. Yeah, I don't think he's going to play this week against the Vikings because no. that knee was looked pretty bad near the end. He was barely standing on it. So, but like, so here's my thing too with that is that like, you know, he does something like that, and if he wanted to, he could have that kind of diva mentality, but just doesn't. Oh, yeah, he just he just comes out. You know, he's hurt. He comes out. He does what's best for the team, and then <laughs> goes and you know, gets an ice bath, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it, it really. It, it, it's it's amazing because he just got a contract extension, I think for four years, one hundred and eighty-five million dollars. Something he's the highest-paid uh, quarterback in the NFL. Right. And you would have thought after having that type of an injury, he would have said, you know what, and and the Packers would have said, you know what, let's just plan. Yeah. For, you know, let's sit you out for the half. We'll you know we'll lose the game and see where we can go from there. But nope, right. he came right back in, down twenty points. That's that's uh, insane. Yeah, it's crazy. You know. It, yeah. It's, very rare do you ever see anything like that. 
Yeah. All right. The other uh, sports um, event that happened this weekend, I thought we should talk about the United States soccer team um, uh. took on Brazil in an exhibition match in New Jersey. Ended up losing the game, two nothing, two nil, uh, yep. as they say in the soccer world. Um, <laughs> off of two goals, one uh, basically a beautiful play from Brazil coming in across. You know, oh yeah, um, into the net, and then a penalty kick from Neymar around the forty-fourth minute or so, and then the second half was basically just passing the ball around so no one got hurt. Um, right. What are your thoughts from this game? You know, so the the U.S. You know, obviously there's a ton of issues. We don't, you know, obviously not making the World Cup and whatnot. But like, the thing is, they 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 don't really have an identity. You know what I mean? Like, right. oh yeah. They so I get it. They wanted to have a younger group of guys, and and that is fine. But like, I here's the thing: they were they were scared because it was Brazil. Yeah, I mean, you it, had it, no it's a name whatsoever on that team, right? And it's a name, so it's Brazil, and nothing. Not to take anything away from Brazil, obviously. You know, obviously Brazil is you know amazing and great history, but like, if the U.S. wants to compete. They have to step up and just go into matches and play and, and attack, even if it means – because here's the thing. They actually played pretty reserve and, like, tried to defend and got scored on early. Yes. I would much rather them attack, attack, attack and put Brazil under pressure and lose and, and get scored on off of, like, a transition or something like that. But that but the thing is that they would, were still attacking. You yeah, know, if I they agree. were, because, because they, they start off and are like, here's the thing. Iceland doesn't do that. Iceland goes in and plays hard against anyone, no matter who it is. Right. And Iceland is smaller than any state <laughs> that we have. You yep. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and they don't, they don't care who they're playing. They go in and they have you know, it, it, they're not worried about playing a Spain. They're not worried that it's Brazil. That doesn't, I mean, they give them the respect they deserve, but it doesn't matter. And you could just tell, like, yeah, I get it's a young group, but they're like, oh, crap, we're, it's Brazil. We're playing Brazil. Yep, okay, so, like, take it to them. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so, I don't know. And I mean, realistically, at this point in time, we need to get more guys overseas playing. I mean, I, you know, I hate to say it, and, and it's nothing against the MLS, but like, if you look at, you know, the the two teams in the World Cup finals, how many of them are in the MLS? None. None, right? <laughs> so, 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 you know, they, they, you know, guys have to branch out, and that's I think personally why we didn't even make the World Cup was because you had guys that wanted to settle because they knew they could start on an MLS team right. rather than fight for a spot overseas. So, you know, I mean, it's a rebuilding process, but I mean, the United States for soccer needs to have some sense of an identity. No, I definitely agree. I, it almost to me, it feels like, um, it feels like we're playing or st- strategically the United States is playing 10 years behind where we're in the oh, yeah. mode of counter counterattacks. Right. You know, which that was the style of soccer in you know the Premier League. You know, it's about ten years ago. It was all about the counterattack, counterattack, counterattack. And it seemed like watching that game, that's what they were waiting for. Is that you see the fluidity between Brazil's players passing one touch passes. You know, setting up each other. You know, to come strike down the middle, moving the ball down the sidelines with smooth and not and not just you know just basically lobbying it up and hoping that one of our guys comes up underneath it and you know, and, and can make something happen. But it's that's what it just seemed like, was that we were set up to basically try to intercept a pass and catch it, you know, clean, and then just, you know, lobby it, you know, up front and see if something can happen between, from one of the strikers. And it, it's and not going to work. And the, no, and that it's like the old school, like, kickball way. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, because here's the thing, is that – may work if you have like uh, amazing goal scorers right right a- or really talented individual Not it that worked with like clint dempsey you know clint dempsey could right because he knew how to do that or like a bride something. McBride. Mm-hmm. right but like here's the thing we we 
don't have that. And that's okay. No. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, if you look at if you look at like a team like Iceland, they don't really have that either. Right. But the system that they have, you know, they they pressure high and then they defend. They right. pressure high and defend as a unit. And you know, as a US, what are we gonna do? Defend, 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 let them shoot on us the whole time clear the ball up the field and just hope that like a random fast guy scores against right. guys like David Luiz and, you know, Thiago. So like, and it just, it's not, you know, it, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't work. And it seems to me um, like that's what Klinsman wanted to do when he was in charge was, you know, a, attack and, you know, get back and defend attack. And it right. seemed like it just, it worked at the beginning, but then the U S players just, fought against it because they were playing in the MLS and they were being taught yep. opposite of what so you're you're being paid to play in the MLS and then you come for your national team and you have a modern European thinker now I know Klinsman's not the best people person in the world and his right. personality you know kind of rubs people the wrong way but strategically wise he had the mindset for that and it just it it worked I thought well for for a long time and then it just I don't know, something collapsed and he lost the team. And so then we went to Bruce Arena, which that's uh, old school mentality. It's just yeah. defend, 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 and wait for the counterattack. And that but here's, the, here's the thing. So is it actually a a matter of Klinsman not being a people? Like a, you I know, think so. Kind of I like think he's pe- not in a like, – <clears throat> I think he really – if Klinsman had the same, the same personality as Bruce Arena – and had been more of a, a people person and listening to his players or act like he's listening to players, but then just coach him up a little bit better, he would still be the head coach of the national team. Um, My only issue with that is that, like, look where Klinsman has had success outside of the United States. So is it a, like, United States mentality? You see what I mean? Right. Like, because he had success with other teams, and the so the national must, team went to the yep. semifinals, yeah. right? And when he was coaching at, um, I think Bayern Munich, maybe, yeah. Um, you know, I so I think so. Is it just this weird? And like I said, do I think honestly, some of the United States players had once again what I talked about with the NFL, like this diva mentality, right? Right, like, oh, I am, you know, I, I'm not saying Michael Bradley had this. I'm just picking on him because he's just who I thought of. I'm not saying he felt this way, but like, I'm Michael Bradley. There, here's the thing: Why don't guys like Michael Bradley and Josie Altucher and them? Why don't they have more competition? Like, why is there no one that's really competing for spots with them? You know what I mean? Right. No, I agree. For as yeah. many people as we have in the United States who play soccer and this and that. How in the world? Because here's the thing. I think Josie's reason- not going to be on the team in the future. I think. I agree. I, I think between like- Bobby Wood, Giassi uh, Zardis, um, once uh, what's his kid? The kid's name in Seattle. Um, he was the hype man. Like he was the the dream. He was supposed to go play in Europe, and then he backed out and signed with the Seattle Sounders. Uh, was it Morris? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. I think well, once I he mean- gets healthy, he'll be back on track. But if you look at some of the people like, you know, Christian Pulsick and uh, Way and some right. of these other guys and Bobby Wood who <clears throat> play overseas, they compete week in and week out. Right. Like they compete. Here's the thing. When they're at practice, they're competing for a spot that next week in the match. Right. Whereas like a lot of guys that we've had, you know, they start and of course they're going to play for their MLS team. And then, you know, because here's the thing. When Michael Bradley was at Roma and Josie Altador was at, I want to say, Sunderland, you know, they they had to work and they weren't starting necessarily week in and week out. So it's easier right. for them to come to the MLS rather than bust it to try and earn that spot. No, I agree. And and that's just that's accepted here in the in the United States. Right. Instead of pushing players to go outside like what you know, going back to Klinsman, that's what Klinsman wanted. You know, he just wasn't a people person, you know, and that's what yep. you look at. That's what got him out at Germany because he wasn't a people person he yep. got to the semifinals. And because he didn't have the right type of people skills, it got him out. And Joe Kim Lowe took over and Lowe is that people guy. Look, he, yeah. he, he catered to the German national team this year and look what got it to him. He got him kicked out in the, yeah in the early stages and the early you know, stages. Yeah. And so, um, you know, the Klinsman wouldn't have It's a have balance. It. It's got to be a balance. And the know? death of Klinsman was right at the beginning when the way he cut um, 
Landon Donovan from the national team. The oh, way yeah. that was done, you know, Americans yeah. thought that was, you know, that was harsh. That should never have happened. And and that was the beginning of the end for Klinsman when he did that. Right. If he if he had kept Landon Donovan on the team and kept him as a, you know, as a sub, Alter, yeah, sub, whatever, yeah, never would have had an issue. And he probably would. It probably would have been fine throughout. But then he he cut Landon Donovan. Um. Then Josie Altador goes down with the the hamstring tear oh, right yeah, in the first right. game, and that kind of blew his his plans all up. And you know, for the World Cup, they still got out of the group. You know, the the group, group stage, stage yeah. but everyone always went back and questioned him on that and how he he cut Landon Donovan and so forth. And for but that's that's what the national team needed. And look, the national team ended up su- being successful in the World Cup, in the Concacaf, in the Gold Cup. But because you had, you know, former national team players like Alexi Lalas, you know, criticize Klinsman because the way he talks to his players and and some of the national team players not like that Klinsman was going outside the box and recruiting the German American national players or other type of what dual citizenship players to play on the team and creating right. competition. They hated that and then they got him out. And so it, it's it set us back and that's when you lose two nothing to brazil in a, in a front. Yeah. it would have been a lot worse if this was a a game that meant something it would probably have oh, been yeah. six nothing oh yeah absolutely I but agree. the fact that it was a friendly brazil got their two goals and then just coasted the second half with no yep. issues whatsoever yeah and like i said i think um you know there was a time when the the u.s had this identity and you know when they um what was it i think they beat spain and almost beat brazil or oh, vice versa yeah. i forget yeah. and, and and i just um yeah i, I just think it, it they've they've kind of lost track of 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 who they are and you know you just you have to go in and say like yeah obviously give teams the respect they deserve but you know take it to them yes, take it to them. don't be afraid because it's brazil it's neymar or whoever great take like for me if i was a player like i would want to show like you know not that i'd be able to but like show up guys like that and stop guys like that rather than give them all the time and the space in the world you well, that's know? why i liked uh, guys like jermaine jones and kyle beckerman yeah. oh, they weren't yeah. the greatest they were not the greatest soccer players in the world but man any team they lined up against they were trash talking them and they were yeah they would challenge every ball that oh, came their way absolutely yeah. yep so it was it's disappointing because i definitely am a, you know a national team fan and I want to see the United States do well in soccer but not anytime soon. Yeah, they got a lot of work to do. Right. All right. Um so this weekend we saw or this weekend coming up is the release of the newest Predator movie. Um I have my hesitations about it, but uh-huh. I, I went to Comic-Con, I saw the Hall H panel, um definitely saw some clips that took it in a different direction, more comedy based than anything else. Uh, this is a not the the predator that you grew up with with Arnold Schwarzenegger, even like Danny Glover with Predator Two. This is going to be more or less a a rated R predator that's going to show you gore, but also have you laughing at the same time. If I if it kind of makes sense, um, yeah. because you don't have one star role player, uh, like you don't have a a superhero type esque going up against the predator. It's a ragtag ragtag group of mercenaries that have different issues whether it's Tourette's or just you know PTSD or anything like that and taking on the Predator so what I wanted to ask you is how would you rank the Predator films going from Predator all the way to our most recent um, before the Predator comes out the last one that came out was Predators um, in your mind Oh gosh! Um, now, are we including like the Alien AVP. versus yep. Predator? Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll we are. It. Oh gosh. Okay. Well. <clears throat> okay. I think. Ooh, that's tough. Um, number one it is obviously the original. The Predator. original, right? I mean, I, I like I watched that last week and thought it was you know I just I love watching it. Um. <clears throat> Honestly, then I would say Predator Two with Danny Glover. Um, okay. Oh gosh, after that it's really so. Then hard. you're in, so. Then you got uh, so after Predators uh, or Predator Two, you have Alien versus Predator. 
Yeah. Alien versus Predator 2, or, what, or was it Requiem? Whatever it was. Requiem, yeah. yeah whatever. And then you have Predators with Adrian Brody. So I think I'm going to go with Predators. Okay. Then Alien versus Predator, and then Alien or Requiem, whatever. Okay. Um, and, and my reasoning is, like, I the thing that I liked so much about the original Predator was, I it was, it was this one Predator who was on the hunt. Um, and I did feel like you kind of saw that a little bit in, uh, Predators, which was like a different twist, which is like, so I kind of enjoyed that a little bit, but like, I think my thing is I like one Predator. Um, I liked in Predator 2 at the end where you see like, oh crap, there's more of them. It's not just one. So I did like that, but I don't know. For some reason, I thought when like Alien vs. Predator and Predators came out, I would like seeing like a whole bunch of them. But I don't know. I felt like it kind of took away from that 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 one Predator that was doing his thing and hunting and doing that. You know, like yeah. that kind of elusiveness. Because then the thing that made Predator so good is that like you didn't always see him on screen. Like you knew he was around, you didn't know where he was, sort of thing, and then it was he'd an show anticipation up. Type yes, of yep. mm-hmm. absolutely. Where like with Predators, don't get me wrong, I, I liked watching it and it was good, but like there was oftentimes a Predator on screen. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, and then with Alien vs. Predator, I had real. I think I had an issue with that because I had really high expectations for it. I think a lot of people did. And it just wasn't what it was. And then especially with Requiem or whatever, I have an issue. I I kind of wanted to see how it was going to go. But, like, I have an issue when they make these, like, hybrid predator-alien things. And then even I'm not quite hung up on, you know, I'm not quite sold on this evolved predator sort of thing. Like, I just, I don't know. I feel like it takes, I feel like they've, completely stepped away from what worked in the original predator and even to a degree in the second predator right um so i i don't really know what they're doing with the new one i mean i've obviously seen the trailers and everything i just so i can't i'll give you kind of a, i'll give you a little bit of a background behind it so we're gonna see multiple predators you're right. gonna see a super predator and right. that's Which basically is, it evolved right right so you, what you yeah. have is um it has no. It's in the same same universe as Alien versus Predator, but this right. isn't like what we saw in Alien versus Predator, where you had that super Requ- Predator yeah. Requiem, yeah. where you had that super Predator that was a hybrid between a Predator and Alien. Yeah, this yeah, is more right, or less right. the invo- like Predators evolving, okay? right? And so it, it looks like the like uh, was it like an Orakai or whatever from Lord of the Rings? Kind of, yeah. Kind of uh, like you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And so you're gonna have. A group of mercenaries fighting the super predator alongside a regular predator. Yeah. And so I, uh, I think you're going to – that's where the hesitation is because I'm with you. I liked it. I, I, that's, I think what makes Predator and Predator 2 so unique and so good is that it was humans versus predator – a predator and showed right. how badass the predators were. But they, Yeah. And every other film, like I, I'm with you, Predators was my number three as well. But where it, it loses its its luster is when Adrian Brody frees that one predator that got the shit beat out yeah, of him, and right. you know by the other predators, and then they somehow team up and and so forth. That to me, because, uh, loses I mean, it. here, yeah, because here's the thing, man. Like the predator. So if you're going with how much of a badass the predator is, and Predator One and Two, uh huh, right. You know, because obviously he takes out like Arnold's whole crew, who are obviously a bunch of badasses. You know, and if one can do that, then why does a predator need to team up with humans? Right, and you know, it's just like, and especially like, and so, I don't need the super predator. I'm kind of no, like, yeah, like the so that, and I feel like what they're trying to do is kind of what happened naturally with Terminator. Uh-huh. Which is like the you know the predator was bad, but like now can be kind of good. But right. like you know the reason why they did that with Terminator was just because Arnold became so popular, right? You know, like I, and so it just kind of worked. But like it, the the predator isn't a the predator's not good. Like let's be real. Like I think they want us to like 
we root for the predator because he's a badass and he's going to like, you know, kill everybody and this and that. You want to see like how they go about it. Right. But like, I don't know. I just, I have this issue with, Oh, it's evolved. So he's going to team up with these like ragtag group of humans. It just, I don't know. I, I just doesn't really, doesn't really do it for me, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably end up seeing this. I don't oh, know I'll, I'll see it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'll, I'll go opening weekend to see it, but right. We'll see how it does. It's got some tough competition to go, and it's the only major film opening up this weekend. Um, but you have Crazy Rich Asians, um, and let's see, uh, another film just opened up alongside. But I, as a just forget the competition wise, in the Predator realm of things, I just don't see it right taking over. You know, or, you know, Shane Black, the director, you know, saying it's kind of a, you know, not necessarily a reboot, but just kind of getting back to the, the core of what The Predator is all about. And to me, I, I don't know, maybe we watched two different films. Um, yeah. Because don't get me wrong, it looks like a, like a funny movie. And if it, if it didn't have the name Predator on it, I'd probably be, you know, a little bit more excited to see it. But the right. fact that you're calling it Predator and then you have a super Predator, it just seems like, well, wait a minute. That means the original Predators weren't good enough. And they have to evolve into these super things. I just don't care. Like, yeah. why are they evolving? I just yeah. – and I think and th- I think that's what the issue sometimes with these kind of longer movie franchises is there's, there's a lot of um, potential. Right. And here's the thing, especially for something like Predator, there's so much source material out there with comics and other things, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? That they could adapt that they don't. Um, and I think, you know, they, they just mishandle it. Like there's really good opportunities to, you know, not, you know, take what worked in the first two Predators, you know, and then try something just a little bit newer with it, you know, and they right. kind of sort of did that with predators. I felt like, you know, they did the whole idea of like, well, you know, these people were, were sent to, you know, the, the planet to, you know, because they were all bad or whatever. And the, the predators, it was kind of like an open hunting ground. So they kind of did that. That's why I somewhat enjoyed predators is because it kind of gave a twist on the original. Right. Um, and I, I don't know if they're like, kind of trying to do that with how the second one was obviously took place. Not that the first one didn't play, take place on earth, but I guess, you know, in like a city, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just, like I said, I'll see it, but it just, I don't know. It just has a weird feeling to it. Yeah. I just, it, it, it's one of those things, um, kind of, you're trying to recruit, you know, trying to capture the magic one more time and you're trying to, to reinvent it, which I give them credit, you know, do as much as you can. But at the same time, this is, I, I think this is a franchise that just needs to, to, to lay to rest. You know, I think the yeah. best one was, was predators. It was a valiant effort. It, it just missed it. You know, it's Mark a little bit and they should have called it then. Who knows? You know, maybe I'll watch this and be like, Oh, you know, good effort, whatever. But I, I just think there's some franchises now that just need to be put to bed and, and let's move on and come up with some more, newer creative ideas on it right um but let's see you know maybe maybe for whatever reason i'm i'm out of it you know i'm not the i'm not in the um in the majority i'm in the minority we'll see right how box office fares with it okay uh captain marvel photos just came out on uh was it entertainment weekly they you know released Uh some of the uh stills from the latest Captain Marvel movie that will be coming out uh, in 2019 with Brie Larson starring as the role. Uh, what were your initial thoughts? What did you think about it? Um, I mean, looks extremely comic book accurate to me. Yeah, yeah. I will say um, that. That was that's my was my first initial thoughts. I mean, so, yeah, extremely comic book accurate. Um, I I think it looks fine. I, for me personally, I may be in the minority here, but like I, I'm just not like. I mean, I, I'm fine. I want to see what happens, but like, I wasn't like super psyched with Captain Marvel. Like, I know, like, at the end of um, Infinity War, people like lost their mind when they saw like the logo, and I thought it was cool. Don't get me wrong. And, right. Like I said, I want to see how it all unfolds and what she does. But for me, I'm not. It's not like I'm like super pumped to see Captain Marvel, and I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I think you know they'll do a good job with it, like they usually do. Um, 
especially if I feel like if the suit is that comic book accurate, I'm, I'm sure the character itself will be too. So, you know, I'm interested to see kind of um, how it all plays out. Yeah, I I think first off, this is besides um, Iron Man and Captain America, this is probably the closest to comic book costume we've seen. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's it shows you how much the heads at Marvel and, you know, and the, and kind of the creative forces have finally realized that doing the, nothing wrong with it too, but that all black leather suit for the X-Men is good as first time, but you can't, you can't do that anymore. You have to, like, if you're going to make a comic book movie, you got to go with what the source gives you. Right. Um, and I know, and, you know, make it, make it a little bit more realistic and Mm -hmm. which is what they've done. And I, I'm fine with that, but yeah, you know, you got to, with with just how far they've come in like costume design and everything, I mean, you you have to. Yeah, so I, I'm really impressed with that. I thought the images of the scrolls looked pretty yeah. good. You yep. know, I, that was going to be – I didn't know if they were going to do like all CGI right. or, you know, how they were going to play it out. But, um, you know, very realistic uh, yep. look to them, you know, uh, kind of – uh, Star Trek is what when I first saw it, it reminded me of you know some of the like next generations or even the most recent uh, series the first Star Trek where um, I forgot the what is Spock um, uh, Kling, uh, 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 Klingon, Klingon no or, uh, Vulcan uh, uh, Vul- Vulcan he had the Vulcan neck pinch I don't remember yeah, it was so. Vulcan maybe I He's, could be wrong but you, you you know what I'm talking about was yep. you know in the Star Trek world if it, it felt like that. Which you know, it's all alien based. So, you know, it was there was that one shot though, though when they were coming out of the beach that it was, everybody's kind of making fun of it, like it's a uh, like cologne commercial and everything. So, um, but no, right. I, I kind of, I'm kind of looking forward to this. I'm kind, I'm on your 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 um, standpoint of it. I'm not a big Captain Marvel fan from the comic books, right? Uh, I did not freak out as much as everyone else did in the theaters when the logo showed up at the end of Infinity War. Right. Yeah. Um, but I am I am excited about the scrolls because yeah. If anybody knows from the comic books, you have Secret Invasion and Secret Invasion basically yeah. the scrolls infiltrate and kind of take over as you know the, the the heroes and to to you know gain access to the human world so it'll be interesting how that could be kind of the next phase after thanos is seeing the scrolls uh kind of invade into the marvel universe so i'm i'm really really excited for that if that is the way they decide to go right no i agree i think it um i think it's a yeah it's a cool way to go and it's something that i mean let's be real something that people have been wanting to see and they want to see like how exactly it fit in and whatnot so um yeah i think it'll be i i think i'm with you on that one where I'm more excited to see the scrolls um, than maybe Captain Marvel, but it's nothing yes. against Captain Marvel. It's, it was just nothing. I it just wasn't really one that I was super into. Right. No, I, I mean, yeah. Hey, look, I wasn't into Iron Man and right. Made me yeah. A fan, you know, type. Thing. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, another topic, Halloween trailer, second trailer oh, yeah. for Halloween came out a couple of days ago. Um, this is a series that you are, you know, a big fan of. I want to kind of get your thoughts about, you know, are you impressed so far with what you've seen? Is this kind of, when we're talking about the Predator, um, is, does this look like this is the, the right reboot or right direction the film's going? I, I'd say so. So, first of all, I mean, I love the horror genre. Like, I love the old slasher film, you know, Jason, Freddy, Michael. I, I just, you know, I love the build-up to Halloween and all that. Um Michael Myers and the Halloween franchise is by far my favorite. Um, I I think that it for other franchises that are you know longer that this is the type of thing that they need to do. So obviously Halloween has you know had its awful ones. Uh, you know the curse of Michael Myers and where he was like in a cult or whatever, and then even Halloween H two O and what, what was the other one where Buster Rhymes was in it. Resurrection. Yes, Resurrection. Yeah. So obviously there's been some bad ones out there, but um, I, I think they've done it right and they've gone back to what they know works. You know, like they're listening. You know, first of all, you get John Carpenter involved mm-hmm. and you get um, Jamie Lee Curtis involved and they're like, okay, listen, like 
everything after the first one never happened. <laughs> right. right? <clears throat> it's not the same universe. And from what I have read and, you know, from some of the viewings and whatnot, there's a lot of really positive feedback and say, like, this is different than the first one. It's not just like a redo of the first one, but there's so many nods to things that, like, the nostalgic part will love. But they're like, it's done right. Like, it's gory, but it's not just gory. Um because that's what I think happened to a lot of the kind of slasher films there after a while is right. that like gore took over rather than like if you think about the first Halloween movie, I mean, there wasn't a ton of blood. It was just this like, you know, this guy in the background and you didn't know where he was or you didn't know he was there. And it was that anticipation thing like we've talked about. Um, so, you know, from like I said, what I've read, I think it it looks good. You know, I mean, here's you know, he comes back after 40 years and. His his sister Jamie Lee Curtis has been preparing for forty years. Um, you know, I think it it um, yeah, I think I think it's gonna do well. I think it um, like I said is one of those where other franchises could maybe look to it and say like, okay, well, what did they do that that seems to be um, that seems to be working? I feel like it it is different enough for um kind of the horror genre right now i feel like the horror genre kind of needs something a little bit different okay uh you know you get and it's nothing against like a lot of these movies don't get me wrong because i like watching but you have a lot of like the conjuring you know movies the which, none that just came out right which are good don't get me wrong but like there's a lot of that kind of um supernatural which obviously michael myers is supernatural because he never dies or whatever but like i just think that it it's i don't know it needs a little something different right now yeah, I, I I agree with you. Um, I'm trying to think of the the series of films where it was all the like the recorded films. Um, Blair Witch. Not it was it was kind of like Blair Witch, but it's more recent. There was like four films that that it. Oh, Paranormal Activity. Paranormal Activity. Yeah. Right? That I feel yeah. like when that first one hit, everyone kind of jumped onto it of that whole suspense type thriller, right? Um, type deal where you didn't need a lot of gore, you didn't really need a lot of story, you just kind of just needed a. A dark place, something that looks remotely scary, um, and that kind of took over. But then you had the the bring, uh, you know, it come back, and that was yep. a success. Um, uh-huh. You had, uh, you know, Halloween come back, which is looks like it's going to be a success. Um, uh-huh. And then another series that kind of takes the same. It's newer, but it it kind of follows the same atmosphere. Uh, instead of having a uh, a main character, though, it's the Purge. You know that oh, yeah. suspense, yep. but also gore, right amount of gore to it type right. deal. Um, the first Purge, I thought, and uh, this, you know, the other ones have their moments, you right. know, but it kind of follows that timeline too, and it's it's been successful, you know, in its series. And now there's a, a I, I wouldn't say a full blown uh, TV show about it. It's like a anthology series that's coming out soon. Um, yes, but yeah, I agree with you that this this is something that it's it's kind of strange to say, but something that the people need is this type of movie right here. It, that it, it's it has to do with writing, it has to do with acting, yep. it's got to do you know with the right set, the right tone. Um, coming out on Halloween, not in February. You know, the, those are things that what made movies great in the 80s and 90s that kind of lost its la- you know its luster um in in the 2000s where you had you have movies like the conjuring come out in march it doesn't make sense like it, right you know when we were growing up as kids horror movies came out around october that was that was the month to get right. you know you could lead up into it if it, if you knew that it wasn't a good movie you so you try to beat out friday the 13th or something you come out in september but yep. if it was friday the 13th if it was halloween um, if it was Jason, you know, um, Nightmare on Elm Street, anything like that came out around the October era. It's kind of like Christmas movies. They need to come out right. around Thanksgiving, November-ish to December. You know? Right, yep. It doesn't make sense to have the Santa Claus come out in February, <laughs> you know. Right, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm impressed, you know, so far. Well, and, and like I said, I mean, you know, they – they went strong with bringing Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean, the minute that they brought back like John Carpenter and Jamie Lee Curtis, you were like, okay, like this, this is like this is going to be pretty serious. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if they were buying into it, 
then you know you had an idea of kind of the direction it was going. And realistically, if if some like of the um, film industries like if they handled the franchises like Jason Friday the Thirteenth and all that, they handled it right, man. It could be a huge like like a cash cow for them. I feel like you know um, yes, and not just necessarily reboot. Like I know everything right now is like reboot, reboot, reboot. But I think, you know, some of the ways, like I said, with either Halloween or even like a Nightmare on Elm Street, like maybe even just make a new one that's just very far removed, like in the same universe or in the same time. Um, it's been, because I think the like nostalgia of it is what people enjoy. Yeah, you know? without a doubt. Um, and, and that's one of the things I'm like, oh, well, this isn't just a new Halloween. Like it's connected to the old one. Like I love the old one. So like, therefore, I want to see it. Yeah, and I think for new fans, there's enough backstory that will be introduced in the movie that you know we we should be able to you should be able to understand what the whole premise is about if you didn't see the original Halloween or or what is it is it takes place after the second Halloween? Uh, so I think it actually just takes place after the first one. I after think they the first even, one, I think they even wiped the second one. Oh, okay. Um, I was watching uh, an interview with John Carpenter, and it had said that um, the sec he wasn't completely sold on the second one, but was already like uh, in contract. But he said that um, because when the second one came out, that's when all the horror films switched to like blood and gore and this and that. And so he was like, you know, every the the company really wanted a lot more gore than that like suspense and elusiveness of the first one. Right. Okay. All right. So, so we'll see. So you're definitely going opening uh, weekend, or Halloween. I will be there. I will definitely be there for it. Yep. Awesome. Oh yeah. All right. Um, last thing is, I didn't get a chance to really look over this, but there's something you mentioned to me on text message. Uh, some big names in New Japan have contracts coming to an end uh, at the end of 2019. Yeah. Um, do you uh, uh, give me a rundown, and then what are your thoughts on each one? So we have, and I don't know the exact time. Someone can correct me, but I think the Young Bucks are up in December, and Kenny Omega is January. I want to say, and I think Cody Rhodes is around there too. Okay. Um, so he, here's the thing: I would love to see them in the WWE, but like. The WWE is just mishandling people right and left. I mean, you know, you had Finn Balor, who was, you know, amazing part of the Bullet Club. And now week in and week out, he fights, you know, Baron Corbin. And it's just like there, there's so much potential. And then, like, I almost feel like um, Vince, when he gets certain people, he doesn't want to have a similar scenario as if when they were with another company, because I don't know if he wants to, he like, I don't think he wants to acknowledge like another company had a good idea. Right. You know what I mean? So like, you know, even think of like the, the broken, uh, Hardy and brother Nero for the uh, Hardy yep. boys. Uh -huh. Like they were in court forever for that. And like, still haven't really done anything with it. Right. So it's like, why, why do you even fight for it just to have it and then not do anything with it? Um, now, I had read where, like, the Young Bucks and some of them said, like, well, you know, like, never say never sort of thing. Um, I, you know, I think it just depends. I think financially for many of them it, it might be a good move, but I just um, – I, I don't know. I feel like lately we've seen so many uh, stars kind of go the other direction, you know, and, like, leave the WWE and find success in New Japan. Or, yeah, Cody Rhodes or is the best example other, yeah, of it. Yeah. Cody Rhodes, even Chris Jericho. You know, um, so yeah, I, I don't know. And, you know, there's rumors of like Shinsuke Nakamura going back. And so, um, you know, it's really interesting to kind of think about, I think they could do a ton of really cool stuff with it. Um, but I, I kind of doubt they will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't see Cody Rhodes coming back to WWE. Might, might take a break from new Japan and do some, of uh, um, travel around, uh, in the, in the U S um, Kenny Omega is one of those that is like teased it a couple times. Oh, it's been talked about forever. Yeah, yeah, he's teased it a couple times, and you know, I would love to see a Kenny Omega AJ Styles kind of oh, yeah. matchup. You know, let that you know kind of marinate for a couple months type deal. 
build up to either SummerSlam or WrestleMania type. I think that would be a great match setup. Um, but yeah, I just don't. I don't know. Is is the contracts come to an end? It's kind of like in WWE. You know, um, unless your name's Brock Lesnar, you really don't right. know. Like you don't know with Brock what he's going to do. But everyone else, even though their contracts are going to end. You know, they always end up signing back on, you know, except for you get the for every so often you get the one that just kind of jump ships and does something right. else. Um, well, I think what I mean, a, a awesome way they could go that I doubt they will um, is, you know, go go that invasion. Yes. angle. you uh-huh. know, so like you don't even have to say New Japan, but like br- bring in this big faction of people who used to be on New Japan. And really, I think that's the best way of almost slapping new japan in the face if that's what Vince wants is being like hey look we have all your stars you know that sort of thing but i also read somewhere where like vince won't do that because since the first invasion angle with wcw and all that sucked awful right um that he won't do that because he doesn't want to like show that like that was a failure or whatever blah 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 so you know pride or whatever getting in the way but you know i think that something like that would be Cool, because like even when they did the NXT takeover, right, and mm-hmm. like a bunch of the NXT, like you know that was great ratings, that was good writing. It you had a lot of really cool things you could do with that. And I don't know, I just for me, I can't wrap my mind around. I feel like they want to recycle some storylines, but not right. others. Like Ronda Rousey, they're trying to make her pretty much into what Stone Cold was, right? Because, yeah, you know, exactly. she, she's sticking it to Stephanie, and mm-hmm. and Kurt Angle doesn't care about anybody. So like they'll do that, but then like other things they that that worked, they won't do. Right. And so I don't know. And that's just that's always been the WWE. And now the rumor is is that Hulk Hogan's gonna come back for a short a short time period with the NWO to challenge the Shield, and we're gonna get the same old same old um, yeah. with a end all be all type of match for Hogan to finally, you know, see his way out. Um, you know, kind of, you know, last year raw with Roman Reigns versus Hulk Hogan, WrestleMania, oh, you know, type deal. And, of course, we get Roman Reigns once again being uh, the poster boy, which is bad. Like, I was talking about this with, uh, with a friend of mine. It's like, it's not like it's John Cena. Like, John Cena was the poster boy because he was doing all the right things. He was the corporate guy. He was doing the um, uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation, you know, just right. overall around great guy and, you know, inspirational. This guy just doesn't do anything. Like he doesn't, he doesn't bring anything to the table. Like, but so know. you know. But the thing with John Cena, though, he was good on the mic. Yes, very good on the mic. Yes, that's that's the issue. Is that there are so many guys who just are not good on the mic. Yeah, and and if you think about it, and I know I usually compare it to the Attitude area, but even past that a little bit, like. Like during the attitude, everybody, even the even the B and C card guys, like Val Venus and some of those guys, like they were good on the mic. Right. So I don't know if they don't because I think then the WWE they used to do like actual like acting lessons and stuff like that to get them, you know, like just to be confident on the mic and just you know, like Roman Reigns gets on there, just like this is the doghouse. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is awful. I don't feel like hearing this. Right? Yeah, it's, um, it's kind of a change of the times where they're more focused on the technical aspects. They're more concerned at how well a person wrestles versus their on-screen capabilities, and you know, it's definitely taking a turn for the worse. But if you got Kenny Ortega, if you were able to, you know. Get some of you know CM Punk if he would come back you know now that his yeah. UFC career is demolished you know right oh my gosh yeah he was great on the mic you know that would help oh, out yeah. a lot well like I don't know if you ever saw that Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho match from yes uh, I did watch it ago. yeah uh-huh. oh my gosh that ma- I mean and and here's the other thing for some of those guys I would think that they may want to make the jump to WWE pretty much just because like their body because like in in new japan like they do i I mean you can do whatever right like they do stuff that is banned in the wwe you know what i mean so like i just even think for like a taking such a toll on their bodies it it may be a good move but Mm -hmm. you know i don't know we'll see i'm sure like anything wwe will kind of disappoint and nothing will happen but hey it's cool to get the rumor mill going right exactly yeah it's always good 
So, well, that wraps it up for our show. I think we've covered, you know, plenty of topics for this week. We got a lot of good stuff that we've covered um, and kind of introducing a new style of the show. And hopefully you guys, you know, enjoy this and let us know what you guys think on the um, on the comment section. You know, we're trying to bring a little bit of our, our vibe, you know, our little bit of our love of sports and comic book and wrestling and movies and film all together. So uh, let us know what you guys think and uh, give us a, a – a good review on iTunes, on Spotify, and everything else you can find us out at. 